Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, flanked as always by my co-host and podcast husband, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. The love is extra strong today. I just want to bring it up. And uh, we got a really fun guest here today, a fellow podcaster, uh, a lover of all things grappling and MMA. And he's going to give us some insights on uh, you know MMA, but also MMA media and the role it's played some recent comments from both uh, promoters and fighters that we wanted to dissect. But before we get into any of that, one, I just want to remark that my beard actually looks kind of good today, which is good pretty man. cool. Good, yeah, I know. Cause it's, we've had, to, I've been roasted for my beard on this podcast quite a few times. And this guy that we have on today is, has a very impressive beard as well. But before we get into that, once again, Giving it up to sponsors of the show, longtime friends, your allies in the war against uh, complacency, no judges needed. Your one-stop shop for all of your grappling, training, gear, needs, from dope-looking rash guards to dope-looking geese to dope-looking casual wear. Any way you want it, any way you slice it, these guys have your ass. They have your six, and they're going to have you looking amazing, but... Like any business, they do require money, which is stupid. I think everybody should just pay each other in bananas, but that's Harder. just my idea. Trade yeah. for beats. So as long as we're as long as so long as the dollar continues, I hope it fails. But so long as we're still using you know U.S. dollars and, and Bitcoin and whatnot, you're going to be looking for that saving, and we're here to give it to you. Use the promo code JJT at checkout for twenty percent off all of this awesome hot swag, and it's just. It's just hot. I'm going to cut back to a lot of the images that I often use. I'm just going to cycle through them. Look at all this hot stuff. Audio listeners, you're missing out. Imagine the hottest gear alive. Imagine what Michael the Archangel must have been decked out in when he kicked Lucifer out of heaven. <laughs> that is the quality of the gear on this website. And it is jujitsu owned and operated. These aren't some outsiders trying to make a quick buck off of the already poor people that do jujitsu. No, these are guys that are poor with us and they're trying to get you some savings. So just Go to the website, www.nojudgesnia.com. Stop listening to the show. Go there now and then come back because we really want you to hear this cool episode. Once again, code JJT, 20% off, www.nojudgesnia.com. We out. Done with Kevin, the ad I just want you to know that I'm going to try to make the theme of tonight's show to be Michael the Archangel because you you were on a special <laughs> like you you sounded like one of those reverends when they're giving. I was filled speech, with like, religious. You had you had the Holy the Holy Spirit, Spirit the Holy Spirit <laughs> lit my tongue aflame with the word of the, the on high the Almighty. Speaking I don't want to say God because my <laughs> I don't want to go too far with it because my mom does listen to some of these and she is very Catholic. I am very sorry if I offended any of our Catholic. Listeners, Mr. Jake Watson, know that if you are listening, all of this was done in good faith and true love for uh, our, our shared religion. But, you know, we also love everybody of all religions. This got very deep for an ad read. I want to move on. And I also got a little bit of the promoter energy, a little bit of the Chael Sonnen that I, I whip out from time to time kind of showed its head in that ad read because our guest today is a wrestling aficionado, but also fellow MMA BJJ talking head. You can find him on the shoot podcast for all of your MMA comedy needs. Without further ado, uh, jujitsu player himself and very handsome man. I won't make it weird this time though. Whenever I say that, Mr. Giancarlo, sir, welcome to the show. Thank How you for having you me. Doing? 
today. Awesome. You got me so hyped up, dude. You got me so hyped <laughs> up. Wow. Thank you so much for that. He has a gift for I have that. Two he, cool, he really does. Sweat. I, I'm sweating too. And it's, <laughs> I'm in a very small space. So, uh, John Carlo, we really appreciate you coming on today. We, we can't wait to get into it. But first, like, give the viewers a little bit of a, of a refresher on who you are and what you want them knowing about you going into this wild ride that we're about to embark on. Well, my name is Giancarlo, a.k.a. G-Baby, and I am from Puerto Rico. I am a comedian here in New Mexico, and I travel around to do comedy. I also cover MMA. I do jiu-jitsu. I'm a 10-planet blue belt. Uh, I do not believe the earth is flat, and you can <laughs> – I am pretty I'm pretty down to earth. All right, well, so, so, so you're saying, yeah. so you're saying we'll round. see you at uh, Gracie Barra next week, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Gian, Giancarlo, uh, <laughs> ba- baby is not funny. Yeah, yeah. G Baby, uh, new blue belt from Gracie Barra. Yeah. <laughs> Excommunicated from the 10th Planet system. <laughs> Oddly enough, it's just the one that makes me funny just to think about it. The, 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 hey, Bravo, I love you, but your, your, your organization is called 10th planet jujitsu and you preach about a flat earth so dudes just don't add up but hey i love you boo run, run with it <laughs> just run with it <laughs> now, look into it bro. now look into sir it. i want to i want to cover we met under very inebriated circumstances on one of mr rafa sparza's show his like end of the year wrap-up show where he invited a bunch of BJJ talking heads and me for some reason to talk about a bunch of stuff that happened in 2020. And I believe it was during then that you, you mentioned that you had, you had gotten a blue belt under a different gym, but then like left jujitsu and then started again as a white belt under 10th planet. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Uh, so I got, the first time I got promoted to blue belt was under uh, Sean Locke from BTT Canada. He opened BTT Puerto Rico, Brazilian top team. And he opened it in Rincon while, while I was still living there. And um, after, when I got my blue belt, I moved to Colorado. And because it was so expensive just to live there, and I was like just trying to save money to just make rent and then doing comedy during that time, I was like, man, I'll never do jiu-jitsu until like, I'm like settled. But then I moved to New Mexico. And New Mexico, I was just like, okay, I'm more free to do whatever I want here just because rent is cheaper. But then I realized I was like 60 pounds heavier. And to call myself a blue belt, I don't really feel comfortable about that because the white belts were just killing me. So I just asked Nate, hey, man, can you just like, like, this is my first day. I don't feel comfortable saying I'm a blue belt. Uh, Can you just demote me to white belt? And whenever you think I'm ready for that blue, then just give me the blue. Yeah. (laughs) That's common. I would have just told you wear your fucking blue belt and shut up, but that's just me. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that too, man. Stop, stop, hey, man, stop being such a fat pussy. Or just yeah. wear, wear your fucking blue belt. Just, just I, like, salad. It's funny. I have so many people that come in because it, the the like the reality of it is is getting your blue belt is a very big accomplishment. It really is, but it's more of like a time serve thing. Like you get your blue belt because not, not necessarily because you've mastered any part of the art of jiu-jitsu. You have just put up with the first year of getting your ass kicked to where you get to a point where you can at least like think and figure out kind of what's happening in the idea of jiu-jitsu. So when people come in and be like, you know, I just don't know if I, if I'm ready to wear this blue belt, I'm like, yeah, dude, like, have you done jujitsu for a year? And they're like, yeah, like, hey, you're like a blue belt. Just shut the fuck up. Some, some <laughs> asshole black belt thought you were a blue fucking blue belt. And they gave you blue belt. So just 
don't, you're wasting my time. <laughs> but I'm sure it was very valid when you did it. I'm miserable tonight. I'm a bad guy. Try to make the folks laugh for me. This, <laughs> this second time that I got my blue belt, I just got really emotional, though. This was like, I was like, wow, I deserved it this time because I didn't feel like I did at the first time. You're good, buddy. I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah, thanks, man. You know, <laughs> I, I feel like Kevin is the type. Kevin's a good human being, but I, I also know. feel like he's the, he's the type. No, but he's the type of he's the type of manic evil person. Where if you had tried to tell him like I'm a blue belt, but I'm not really good, he would have been like, "All right, one second, air horn, eh, hey, everybody, this guy's a blue belt, but he's out of shape. So any white belts that are feeling hungry today and want to feel good about themselves, dig in, and then just throw on you." I wouldn't have put you on blast directly in front of everyone. But I definitely would have told everybody it's fine. <laughs> those, those are goals, though. That's those are goals for sure. <laughs> That's cool, man. So I have a I have a good question for you. So you, you're you're uh, the majority of your podcasting is MMA based, correct? You've been doing MMA based and stuff like that. How long have you been doing a podcast for? Uh, so this podcast actually just started two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I rebranded it. I started the just doing solo podcasting for a year. Um, but I've been podcasting for about like four years. Yeah, and you've been doing comedy on top yeah. of that too. Just comedy. So, I guess the real question is, is why the fuck do you want to do a podcast? So I ask myself that all the time. I, I I think about it sometimes, and I wonder to myself, like, is there some kind of odd, like, do I really feel like I'm breaking through? Do I think this is going to be my my platform into fame and, and fortune? <laughs> or, I mean, and I keep coming back to the reality of it is it's like some asshole somewhere is paying me to do this for some reason so that we still can't figure it out. But I'm going to roll with it. So, like, what is the motivation for all those millions of people out there that run podcasts? I know Kevin's going to write that down. We're editing that part. <laughs> I'm sure this, this won't get to air. But what is your motivation to all those would-be podcasters out there, what is your motivation to share your views with the world? So it's funny. For me, I started podcasting just because I needed to – I felt like I, it was the best way to go over material for my comedy. So for me, podcasting was just me just shooting the shit until there was something valuable into it, and then I can just write it down and use it on a set. And if it worked, it did great. If it didn't, well, I tried. But for me, podcasting is just me just – practicing and because i am an extra i mean introvert i'm more of an introvert right but because of podcasting i feel like i'm more out of my shell you know it is it is something about that because i know quite a few people that are introverted believe it or not and no one will ever agree with this but i have (laughs) i have an introverted personality i really do like the inside of me is like a ball of jumbled up mess and, and mush like i try my best to kind of say to myself i usually don't like to interact but there's an odd like you know, need inside of me for attention that I feel like I am like insecurity that I feel like I have to engage in people. I have to talk. And there's something about being on a stage that helps to break out of that introvertedness and makes you kind of like blossom into, into, into being the star for real. Yeah. So is, is that what motive is that what motivated you to pick a fight with Henry Cejudo that one time? Fuck that little fuck. No. I was really mad at him. I was mad at his manager. His manager got him. His manager was just being a, a punk. And then his Henry was actually kind of cool. But then he hit up my girl and right right in front of me. I was like, dude, like I'm standing right here. <laughs> like it was the, the but like she had this. At the time, she dyes her hair different colors all the time. And at the time, she had her hair 
like literally like bright orange, like the most unnatural, like nowhere near natural color. And Henry looks at her and goes, oh, my God, I love your hair. Is that your natural color? And, of course, she looks at him and goes, sure it is. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm looking at her like, no, it's not. Was this before he was triple C or was this? No, uh... This was after. It was just after. I was walking down the street in Sarasota eating ice cream. And I look at him around the corner. I'm like, holy shit, that's Henry Cejudo. And I went up to say hi to him. And we were kind of cool. And then, like, his manager started running his mouth. And I was like, look, bro, I don't know who you are. I don't care about you. I'm trying to talk to triple C. And then <laughs> he was kind of cool. And then I decided to fucking, I don't want to do it. His he manager looks like one of my cousins. <laughs> he does. Yeah, I know. You know. You know. What I'm talking about. He totally does. Not the little one. Not the little guy. This is yeah. different. He's got it's the little so tiny weird. guy. It's actually short. It's so weird. But that's that's all. That's for some reason. It doesn't matter who your cousin is. Saying someone looks like your cousin feels like the most backhanded insult. Like, wow. Okay, guy. I got all my teeth. What the hell's wrong with you? But it's, but it's like it's something? funny because you were. T- it's there's something bad about that connection. <laughs> like, like, What's funny though is that you were telling me that he, you were like, "Hey man, like I've won some like IBJJF titles, like I, I get the grind." And then his, you told me his oh, coach yeah. was like, no, "Yeah, no, but no. have you?" <laughs> it was so like I, I can't believe we're telling the story. This is funny. Just, <laughs> I can't believe you bring it's it. It's a good story. One day, like I'm, I'm gonna have like Triple C trying to kick my ass, and I don't give a fuck how tiny he is. I don't fucker beat my ass. I ain't, I ain't fucking. I ain't trying to fuck with Triple C. <laughs> but anyway, like so, we're standing in line. And I, he was in town, and like you know, I I, I trained at a big, pretty big gym. We got a couple of USC fighters. I trained with Matt Arroyo. Like we've got a big gym, pretty pretty solid guys. And I was just being friendly, like a normal black belt in the area. I said, "Hey man, I have a gym. My you know my instructor has a gym. Matt Arroyo. We're in Tampa. We've got a bunch of UFC fighters. You know Billy Quarantello, Matt Frivola, whatever. Blah blah blah. You probably don't know who they are, but I'm like you know, if you would like to come train, I'm extending you to hey, if you want to come roll, we'd love to have you here. Which to his manager. You know, knucklehead numbnuts jumps in and goes, well, are you an Olympic gold medalist? So you've done this oh, and you've done God. that. And I'm like, look, bro, like I, I know. Sorry. I'm not like, you know, <laughs> but and, and trying to be like a sarcastic, like smart ass, like, look, homie, like triple C is allowed to be freaking El Kahui or whatever the fuck his name is. What, what, they, what do they call his ass? <laughs> You're 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 not allowed to be that guy. You're not jumping in the cage. You don't get to be the ham here or the freaking the heel. Your glasses are a little too thick for me to take you seriously. Back back the fuck off there, fucking homeboy. (laughs) The grown ups are talking. (laughs) Oh man. The back back to the joys of being a podcast. (laughs) So when like I there's something about like putting the headphones on and then you hear your voice through that beautiful microphone and it gets all sultry and you just get kind of get caught up in it and you feel like empowered to talk and to, and to, and to organize you kind of get that same feel about it there's something fun about the glow of a, of a spotlight and the microphone hum in your ears not really, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you're just a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I just do it to help my comedy, but you know, there, there are some days though. There are some days that I get a slight chub just talking onto the mic. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, uh, so, anyway, <laughs> this isn't really something that any asshole can do when they sit down and start talking. There's like a skill to it. You have to kind of build up your chops. And you have to kind of get better to understand how to interview people and let them talk sure. and get your points across and stuff like that. It's like uh, it's like comedy or like jujitsu. Like anyone could do it, but it, who's going to actually stick to it? You know, like who's no. going to actually go through that grind and 
show up because like just doing it by yourself too is like just showing up to your own thing and having that motivation to keep on going it's just it, it does get draining too yeah especially like when you, when you, you know, like when you're watching like you're doing a podcast and you're looking at like the little eyeballs on it and you've got like two people three people and like one of them is your mom and the other one's your girlfriend, like in the other room, and she's not even really watching it. She's just got it on, so you don't feel bad while she watches, like uh, you know, ninety well, day fiance. <laughs> Real quick, I just want to know that what yeah. would you consider to be more physical, like emotionally draining, like getting good at jujitsu or getting good at comedy? Physically draining, or like like just draining, or just just overall draining? Just like I think comedy is more draining than jujitsu. Mentally, yeah. Mentally, yeah, because like. You know, you're there by yourself. Everyone's looking at you. You're emotionally invested in your material. No one laughs. And you're like, oh, like I'm such a like a loser when you're like, like you're just like just you're just so hurt afterwards. In jujitsu, if like my coach is like crushing me, I'm like, well, yeah, he's supposed to, (laughs) you know, like it's like I'm just going to get better. It's only after a tournament where you just like you get like that, like that depression for like maybe like 10 minutes but then you're like well these guys prepared more than i did i've never uh <clears throat> i've never done stand-up i think about it a lot i've always thought about putting some material together and go get an open mic just to fuck with it because i'm a ham a pretty funny guy I'm, I'm i write a lot i figure i could do it and shit like that you know obviously i know it's a skill but i'd like to kind of piece it together but i have friends of mine that do comedy and they tell me that there is nothing in the world that is longer and more life draining <laughs> Than yeah. bombing, it's like the longest five minutes of your life. When you're doing a five ten minute set and yeah. nothing is hitting, and the crowd is drinking their drinks and they're not looking at you and they're fucking texting and they're walking around funny, ordering yeah. shit, talking <laughs> to the waitress. So like it's and there's nothing more demoralizing and there's not a more broken feeling in the world than that. For sure, I'd rather be under someone's mountain in an IBJJF tournament for sure, hundred yeah. percent. Because it's just like you said, like you're, you know, when you're rolling with your freaking, when you're rolling with your coach, he's supposed to kick your ass. Like, yes, you yeah. freaking weeks. You just spent weeks and months ironing this fucking material out. Like they're supposed to laugh at you. It's not supposed yeah. to. You're supposed to go in and kill it. I would yeah. rather be bolo'd by Mikey Musumeci for four hours rather than bomb at an open mic in a bar that two people are at. That's yeah. how insecure I am. Yeah, just. One person just went dead silent, and all of a sudden you go, "Boo!" And like you're done, you're <laughs> done. It's over. It's over. Yeah, it's over. Oh man, I can't <laughs> imagine how demoralizing that is. And then if you got like stands up, at him, that person stands up, you realize it's your dad. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever have you ever been on a stage doing a stand up routine and like tried to be that heckleback guy, kind of like? Talk a little trash about the good by hacking back, and then the crowd ain't getting it, and they start getting aggressive with you and get angry. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever seen that happen? Thankfully, I never had like a really bad heckler. And when I do like heckle back, it's just like I don't know. It was just I never had that situation. I think the worst experience I had was doing an open mic. I was told it was a com- comedic open mic, and I went to an actual like musical open mic at this oh, hipster nice. bar. In Denver, downtown Denver, nice. like not even oat milk or almond milk hipster. It was like cashew milk only, <laughs> like coffee shop, bro. They it was thought you were doing like a slam poetry reading or oh, something. <laughs> it was oh, I bombed so bad, dude. 
And it's Where's like, the spoken word? I can't remember <laughs> spoken word poetry. Where is How it? can I snap at this? This is not good. <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah, it was so bad. It was just dead silence. I went right up to the violin lady. Let's take our unpastured milk and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I was bombing so bad, especially because I went after the violin lady, bro. <laughs> like, like, oh, how, how do you top that? Like, I can't go be, be like right after the violin. Thank lady. you, Yo Yo Ma. Who's ready for some blue belt jujitsu jokes? <laughs> John, John, I want you to know that I'm gonna I'm gonna wait a, like maybe a year or two, and then I'm gonna go to I'm not gonna tell you this. I'm gonna go to one of your open mics, or I'm gonna go to one of your sets. And random in the middle of a setup to a joke, I'm just you're gonna hear from the crowd. Where's the violin? <laughs> Where's the violin, lady? The violin was better. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. I want. I want my almond milk back. <laughs> I'm not paying for this cashew milk. By the way, start snapping. <laughs> by the way, when I got, when you told me I was invited to this podcast, I I immediately had to like talk about this because jiu-jitsu times is like a huge deal like in puerto rico i was like man i love this site especially when one of my old training partners was on the website like for a news article but it was oh, for yeah. something terrible it was terrible <laughs> oh no was yes. it, wait was this one of the sexual assault cases we've covered yes. or something he was one of my so, so you're torn. You're torn between your nationalistic pride <laughs> and like, like, yay, Puerto Rico, we finally break it through, and like the, the agony like, of realizing that it's about a sexual predator. Bro, I was like, and the funny thing is, this guy went to high school with me. So when I saw that he ended up on Jujitsu Times, I was like, oh no. <laughs> But you're also oh, still a little no. bit jazzed. Oh, Puerto Rico's making it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Represent. I just would love it if someone was like, hey, we finally got some positive Puerto Rico presentation on Jiu-Jitsu Times. And they're like, oh, great. And they're like, oh, wait, it's Giancarlo. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. He's the one? Shit. <laughs> just for the sake of the through the glass ceiling? Are you kidding me? Him? <laughs> Just for the sake, for just for the sake he of doesn't, the doesn't, he doesn't even play the violin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Kev, I think you you were saying something. Yeah, that important. I was gonna make it. No, okay, we're okay. to the to everybody. Our viewers are pretty understanding, right? Uh, it we are obviously not laughing at the severity exactly. of the crime, one hundred percent. And if you look right. at any time, it's any time it's been no. brought up, we treat every uh, with right. a lot of severity and grace, and, and a G- lot of like. Gian uh, Carlo is obviously just a sick human being that uh, <laughs> does does not represent. Actually, yeah, John Carlo, this so is far. all his fault. This is all his fault. So if you don't he like is by this, no means representative of the views of the Jiu-Jitsu Times. <laughs> if you have a problem with this, go follow G Baby is not funny on Instagram. And, and then unfollow him. No, do not blame him. I can't. No, no target of harassment. <laughs> and then unfollow him. This is all to get you clicked. Him. <laughs> Follow him and then unfollow him. That's messed so, up. That's let's let's at least let's at least try to get into some uh, some MMA centric conversations. Let's talk oh, a little sure, bit about uh, Derek. Uh, what's what's his name? The Beast. Uh, the Black Beast. Derek uh, Lewis. The Derek back Lewis. Black Beast Lewis. Yep. Um. Tell us, tell we, us a little wanna, bit about about how your feelings of Derek Lewis are. Like, first of all, is he skilled enough? We know he is, but tell us about Derek Lewis as his what he means to the MMA community. Like, he's just he's 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 beautiful. He's like gold in a bottle. Oh, yeah, I feel like it's the type of fighters that casuals love 
and hate at the same time because it's like ah like he sometimes he throws like boring fights but his post fight interviews are golden man right. they're always golden <laughs> you know and just like you said it's important to have for the layman's you know because you know because you know fight fans old knuckleheads like us like we don't really care you know the hoopla is cool it's it's fight it gets you to get you to dial in but like you know we're gonna we we don't care if the guy can talk we just want to watch the fights you know we're exactly fight but when you need to have that crossover for mass appeal, you need guys like Derek Lewis to put for asses sure. in seats to sell the tickets and stuff. And he's perfect for that. Like his, oh. I, I haven't, I don't watch a lot of his Instagram, but I heard that it's like the greatest thing on <laughs> it's on, on beautiful. Gold. It's gold. Uh, it's art. It's arte. Right. <laughs> and you know, regardless of what people want to say, like you could say he gets lucky, you can say he does this, and yeah, he does. He does one thing. He's gonna hit you with that big fucking right hand. That's all he fucking does. So you know, maybe he gets a submission here and there just from being a big guy. But like his whole entire game plan is to move around and set himself up for the big right hand. And people say, oh, he just gets lucky. He does this. But like, you know, I posted this on Facebook the other day. Somebody hit me up and said, oh, Derek Lewis is a lucky fighter. I'm like, dude, like he shares how gets lucky a whole lot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, right. How many times can you get lucky? You like, know what I mean? Uh, I mean. <laughs> There's, you could call it luck. He he had knocked, but when you knock out, he like he's got the most knockouts in UFC history now, or something like that. He's got the most hit line in heavyweight history. Yeah, heavyweight history. And I just this this harkens back to like the second episode of this podcast was all about Derek Lewis. The whole show, and it was just about how I titled it, and this is probably why it's got more views than almost any other thing we've done. Is like <laughs> I just titled it uh, "Jujitsu's Dead." Derek Lewis killed it. <laughs> like, Derek Lewis killed. doesn't work. Who did he submit that guy with? With a he submitted some black belt with an American or something like that, right? Oh no! So what happened was he was getting put on. He was mounted by like a sambo champion sambo from guy, Russia, right? and yeah. he had the Americana locked up. And I'm like, oh, Derek's gonna tap, and then he just didn't. And then he stood up, and then he won the <laughs> fucking fight. <laughs> and I'm he just like. He just sat up like like the Undertaker. <laughs> I looked up and I, I like I looked at my blue belt and I'm like, well, I should, I, I started packing it away in like a memory chest because I'm like, it's done. What we got to pack it in? It's done. Jujitsu's over, man. <laughs> it just doesn't I work. Mean, that's how I felt like with the Rodolfo Vieira fight, like uh, when he just got submitted like that. He got like, submitted. Rodolfo Vieira yeah. got submitted by a purple belt. Well, he was a purple belt. Yeah, so he was a purple. It wasn't like this okay. guy was a no, oh, a no okay. straight belt. He was like a blue belt. Got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> no, he got a per. He was a purple belt. So like, and I, I, fake news that I've watching seen. that fight, like I can guarantee you that that Armin guillotine that he finished on uh, Hadolfo was like his thing. I guarantee you that that's like he's he submitted tons of people in the gym with that particular submission. Like that's his like that's his go to that he's locked on. If he gets you in that. You're in trouble, but like it's still Adolfo Vieira, you know. It's yeah, still, like you're not you're just to watch him get pummeled and then get beat in positions and then get fucking guillotined and tapped. It was just like, oh my god, like poor Adolfo Vieira. And it just it just goes to show you, man. Like I hate to say this, but like the reality is is that since Hoist Gracie, you know. Since Henzo Gracie and those guys that like when jujitsu was this magic that no one knew about, like guys that are just jujitsu centric fighters, you know, Andre Gaval, Marcelo Garcia, Hodger Gracie, like they don't really make it to the next level. You talk about Damian Maya, Damian Maya is the exception. You know, Damian Maya is a freak of nature, mm -hmm. but these other guys that are jujitsu centric guys, unless you understand how to strike, unless you understand how to incorporate the entirety of MMA, it doesn't take a whole lot of training. 
to at least understand how to neutralize someone else. It's amazing. Jiu-jitsu is jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like Adolfo, you know, he got tired too, man. Like he was working yeah. hard. He, he just, he blew he his went, blood in the he, beginning. He was going hard in the first round. Yeah. Which didn't, is weird he because back control, like didn't he get the back at some point? Like he had it almost locked up. He was dominating in like the first round on the ground and mm-hmm. like, it looked like he was going to finish it, but then he just got, he got lit up. Like yep. it, it was bad. <laughs> Guy had heavy hands too, man. Oh, he's a big boy. Fluffy was his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the top of the era got submitted by some dude named Fluffy. Like he, he was eating good. pizza. He was <laughs> eating pizza at the press conference afterwards. And someone yeah. was like, he "How does it feel to t- tap a ADCC like big champion?" He's like, "I don't watch jujitsu," and they just ate the pizza. <laughs> Was, he was like an eight to one underdog, or something like eight to one. Yeah. it was like one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. It's insane. Eight that's like that's underdog. like anyone who bet money on Rodolfo must feel just as bad as anyone who bet money oh, on Kevin Gallagher. I can't. Yeah, no. Oh God, that was horrible. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for bringing that one up. Thanks for bringing that one up. Fucking asshole. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine being the guy in Vegas? That put a hundred dollars, put twenty dollars. What, what do you think the odds of some oh, people dude probably went submitting? in hard? Well, yeah, you, you figure it's a, it's a 50 to one bet, 100 to one bet that Hadolfo Vieira gets submitted by Fluffy. Yeah, and you know, a couple guys put a hundred bucks on that in Vegas, drunk and high on cocaine. I, I bet there are some fucking grand. crazy people that put a grand on this thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, grand. Like, I, five grand. I don't think, I don't think more than a thousand dollars. I feel like no. this is it was yeah. an undercard thing and like. I don't know, man. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's like, ah, I sold a car hot. this weekend. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Vegas. Too. It was a Vegas car, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. What's up next? What is it? Is Ali, uh, is Ali Sandra fighting uh, Blakovich? Isn't that coming up next? Yeah. Jan and uh, Israel. Yeah. That's, That's going to be a nasty John, card. John, who do you have on, on that one? I have to go for Izzy, man. Yeah. You can't think, bet against Izzy. Yeah. Izzy, Izzy is a <sighs> tough fighter. And the fight that I'm actually looking forward to the most is the Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling on that same card. Yeah, they like they they just put out that they squashed the beef a little bit, but still, you know that's yeah. that's a that's a lot of heat going into that one. Oh, that's gonna be such a technical fight too. You know, like Yan is another one. He's a little bit better than Derek Lewis, but it's the same type of fighter. Like he doesn't get the recognition for being the savvy fighter that he is because he just does that big two to knock people out. But if you watch. His ability to cut the ring off, to set people up into that power lane for that big devastating two, that big devastating right hand that comes across. Like, there's a science to that, and you have to be able to throw that punch with balance and precision to get the power out of it. Um, you know, I'm sure Izzy understands that and recognizes that, but like, you know, Izzy's a special fighter, man. You can't, you can't, you can't bet against Izzy in this fight. I mean, come on now. He's such a professor in the stand-up game too, and like you got Jan ba- uh, Bashowitz who was just doing that. Like that body kick against uh, what was his name? Um, his last fight where he won uh, the title, was, uh, Johnny Walker. Wasn't Johnny Walker? No, 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 it was the it was oh my gosh, Dominic Reyes, Dominic Reyes. Yeah, he was just throwing that body kick after body kick until his like guard went down and he's yep. like circling to that side where his strong hand was at and just got hit by that hand, man. Yeah, it's. And- it's an art to it. I mean, there's people think, oh, he's just one to mention. Just like you watch Derek Lewis. Oh, he just throws that too. He just does that too. He said, yeah, but he's waiting for people to line that thing up. Yeah. You don't just throw 
a right hand with the power and precision and the balance it requires to land it with 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 that amount of power unless you understand how to make people move into that position or you're good enough to put your feet in the right position to get to that punch. It's a skill. And it yep. takes a lot of time to develop that. So like when I hear people say, oh, he's boring. Is this, he's that. It's like, yeah, he sure fucking wins a whole lot. You know, there's, yeah, still a lot of, there's a lot of talent to that. It's literally a sweet science. Yeah, exactly. Like it's yeah. perfectly yeah. to well, describe it. Did you make that up? Is that one of your, is that one of your bits? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I just hear boxing yeah. fans say it. I was like, that sounds so cool. Sweet science. <laughs> you, you might be onto something there. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm miserable. I'm so full of vile tonight. <laughs> I love it, dude. I, I think that that would be a cool place. Like that's one of the, this is going to be a shorter episode. And I think that would be oh, a cool please. thing to end on. Is that is that we are all sharing opinions about fights. We are just like MMA journalists in one form or another. But recently, the idea of MMA journalism and what constitutes an MMA journalist has come under fire by like both fighters and promoters. Specifically, of course, I'm talking about uh, Cub Swanson made a few tweets uh, sharing his thoughts on MMA journalism. I think someone said something he didn't like. And he thinks that any MMA media, uh, all MMA media should be required to have three amateur, I assume MMA fights, thought, uh, shrug emoji thoughts for our uh, listeners on SoundCloud and Spotify. Um, I, I feel there's a lot to say about this. I was actually talking to our mutual friend, Raph, about it earlier today. Uh, how you doing, Raph? <laughs> and uh, I just, I wanted to kind of get your guys' take on, on where you think Cubs head's at and and what you think he could mean by this. I mean, those are three fights that you're risking CTE for, man. And then your words are slurring and then you can't talk on the mic. And yeah, I mean, look at Stephen A. Smith. He didn't really have to be in the NBA to be a commentator. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I lean towards that. Just like, just like you said, I mean, you take it even one step farther, like John Danaher never fought. He's produced some of the greatest fighters in the world. You know what I mean? So like, just because you've never actually been in the ring or never actually been in a cage or never actually been on the jiu-jitsu mat, doesn't mean you can't be a fan of an art. I think the problem is, is that there is a lack of legitimate journalism for mixed martial arts. It hasn't really made enough of impression they're huge and we know about it because we're nerds we love jiu-jitsu we love fighting this is what we do but as far as the grand scheme of things there hasn't ever really been a need for real journalists to be able to cover mma fights so what you're having now are people that are legitimate journalists that don't necessarily have the understanding of what mixed martial arts entails so they can't give real life accounts of what fighting is. You talk about Max Kellerman. Max Kellerman is probably one of the best boxing guys out mm-hmm. there. You know, he's amazing. He's great, great boxing. Bert, Bert Sugar, perfect example. You know, all these old, old school grimy freaking journalists, writers, like they never fought before, but they love the art of boxing. They love the art of fighting. They can appreciate what the 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 carnal freaking struggle of getting in the ring and the ability to get there, how it, how hard it is an actual fight is, and they can put that on the paper. We just don't have that yet, that fan base in MMA, and it's growing. I give Stephen A. Smith a pass, but dude, yeah. Stephen A. Smith is an idiot. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't, I want to give him a pass, 
But he's he's just a fucking asshole, man. He just doesn't he doesn't know yeah. like he doesn't have a clue what the fuck he's talking about. He should just stick to basketball, in my opinion. Like yeah, he shouldn't be covered in MMA. That should yank. That out. is that that's the thing though. I I do think it's important to realize that he is and he's made some beef takes between like you know female women's MMA yeah. and like <laughs> yeah. his thoughts on who gives up during fights. Like, but yeah. I. I want to make it clear that he is a part of an org, a, the biggest sports media organization on the planet. And he is one of the biggest faces in that organization. And I think mm-hmm. that they have tried to add legitimacy to their purchase of the UFC by throwing some of their big faces at it to say like, Hey, look, Stephen A. Smith is now talking about MMA yeah. on the UFC card. So like, it's, it's cool now. And I get that he's got to do what they tell him. I'm not saying that, He's never offered unprompted bad takes, but he is beholden <laughs> to the the mouse more or less. And uh, I, I, it's weird that you bring up Max Kellerman because he is one of the best minds in boxing. But like he actually pisses me off more than <laughs> Stephen A. Smith because he he's he said dumb things about MMA and he should know better. He's just yeah. like you know Conor McGregor is fighting Dustin Poirier and he Dustin Poirier is a grappler and Connor (laughs) is a striker. And typically grapplers beat strikers in this. And he's like kind of talking like a robot about it. So, so typically rock beats sit paper. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) the entirety of, you know, High level UFC MMA, to be honest with you, is only about five years old. Like we don't, we mm-hmm. forget that. We think that it's this fucking, it's become this gargantuan thing. You know, this this new freaking, you know, you know trend setting fucking thing that's all over the fucking world. But the reality of it is, is like it's only been at that level for a short period of time. So there's not enough diehard. I call, I use the word aficionados. To, to, to quote my Hemingway, by the way, just to show you how smart I am. Fucking, <laughs> I, I know a thing or two there, Oxford. Right? Yeah, I must study abroad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't study abroad or anything like that. But, like, I, but, but the point the point of the matter is, is there's not enough um, there's not enough legitimate people that live, breathe, love, think nothing about MMA to be able to have real real conversation on a high level journalistic volume or high level journalistic manner to talk about the the ufc in that regard so what you get now is this and they're going to get better at the curve is going to become better and i'm i'm glad and then one more thing like you talk about stephen a smith he puts his foot in his mouth but like i guess what stephen a smith does he made his career after being controversial he was on that one show with skip bayless First yeah. and ten, I think it was. Oh, or, okay. No, for yeah. real. Fuck Skip Bayless too, though. Like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, like, Stephen, A. Smith is, Stephen A. Smith is like he offers some bad takes, but he's not a piece of yeah. shit. Like, yeah, Skip but they Bayless make is. their like, they make their living off of playing point counterpoint. Like when you're controversial, you know, like love or you hate him. Like let's look just like Donald Dan White says. Like you can either be a bad guy, they either want to love you or they're going to hate you, but you can't be the ass and win between because no one's going to know your name. You got to figure out a way to make your mark. And that's I as much as I hate that, as much as that's distasteful, it is a part. Part of marketing that is essential. You always got to have the ham. Like, yeah. you can't have you can't have the hero unless you have the villain. It's just it's funny. It's funny because after like like Dana White said that, and then like Hitler heard it, then flipped a coin, and then said, "Oh, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll be the villain." Fun the listen to Dana White. <laughs> Moving right along, <laughs> we no, digressed to Hitler jokes. <laughs> I just wanted to say one like to to 
to one of the points that when I was talking to Raf, he made is that no one wants to basically see two like two out of shape journalists double KO each other in the knockout and like the octagon. (laughs) I love Cub Swanson, but it's it's a stupid. stupid And he walked it back. He he basically was trying to say, I want people to get that mindset and to to have that experience because it's weird. But MMA is like the only sport where you can be like a kind of average person genetically obviously the freaks are going to rise itself, but you could be just like an average dude and you don't need to be seven foot tall or 400 pound linebacker to succeed in it. You can just, you just got to keep being skilled for the most part, you know, and and keep training. The thing too, just to to keep talking about this, because why the fuck not? Like, you know, the idea is, is like, we're not talking about guys that are jujitsu and fight fucking fans. Not the guys that are hardcore, that know stats and know everything. We're talking about like Joe Q public that watches the fights and they need shit like that to dumb it down for them. Do you really think that like everyone's Teddy Atlas? You know, I mean, not not everyone is there to be the guy that knows the nuts and bolts. You need the guys out there that can talk to the common man and get them excited about things. And like <laughs> it's as tasteful as it is, it's just a part of the reality. And I can't tell you how many times I've watched and I boxed for years, just to preface that. I know shit about boxing. I've forgotten more shit about boxing than most of the people in the world know about boxing anymore. <laughs> but the reality of it is, is I've seen so many boxing commentators hype up fights to talk about fights. I'm thinking to myself, this fucking idiot doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> but they're stoking the flames. They're building the excitement. They're getting people to watch. And that's you need shit like that. For sure. Anyway. Uh, I was just uh, – to, to, to end that point though, and I think we could tie this this whole episode up, is that I think we're in all unique positions to comment on this because none of us are UFC champions. Sorry, Cub. But we come into this job with, a, with different degrees of experience in combat sports. I'm a blue belt. Uh, Giancarlo is a blue belt two times for some reason. And Kevin is a black belt. With three Masters champions at Brown uh, championships at Brown Belt, so I, I would love to ask you guys: Do you think if if any different is there any difference in how you cover things because of your 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 rank and your your experience? So, uh, John Carlo first, yeah. Sorry, uh, I got like one amateur fight under my belt, but that's it. So I'm like one third oh, qualified. One third you're qualified. Almost, you're almost there. For John <laughs> yeah. Hey, John Carlo, you almost get the cup swans and seal of approval. Hell, we'll get you on ESPN next weekend. <laughs> Hell yeah, John Carlo. If you if you pay me fifty dollars and buy me some Chick Fil A, you can beat the shit out of me two different times to, <laughs> right. to get you rounded up, bro. Likewise, because. Yeah, because I love Chick Fil A, and I want to share that love for every. Oh hell yeah! We'll just yeah. go after the way. Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. Get that mac and cheese. That white cheddar is beautiful, dude. Anyways, dude, hey, John Carlo, I'm fifty pounds overweight. Is that cool? <laughs> you care? It's all good, man. I don't care. I just, you know, I think that I think that guys need to just relax, man. I think yeah, it's a it's a growing sport. We're gonna get better at it, you know. And and I guess that to answer your question, do. I when I so this is what I do. Like when I have a conversation with someone that wants to ask me about a fight, right? And I will look at them in the face and I'll try to get a gauge for what they want to know, what kind of understanding of who I am as a person to be able to listen to what I have to say. And I always say in my mind I think to myself, like, okay, cool. This could be the most educational conversation you've had mm-hmm. in decades. Like you will learn more listening to me right now than you possibly ever could if you just accept the fact that I am an authority on the topic and you are not. 
you know, I will listen to your intake. I will listen to things you have to say, but don't question me in that type of manner. Don't look at me and think, and oh, you know, I just don't know that that's the case. Like if it makes sense, I will. But like, if people start coming at me in that other manner now, I have a different conversation, which is like, sure, I placate them. I play into their words because it's not worth my time anymore. And eventually I just tap them on the head and say, thanks a lot and move on with my day. But like, you know, it's, I don't know, man, like we're growing yeah. in this sport. It'll get better. I love, I, I love the art and yeah. I want to try to make it spread. And that's my goal. That's uh, like what we were talking about, like an holy experience thing is that I feel that once it's just really hard to measure passion when it comes to this sport, especially like you people that, you know, we've been training for how long, like I've been training for like three years, you know, blue belt, but because I studied just the sport of it, the history of it, I've been following the sport for so long. Uh, it doesn't really measure my credit as a commentator or a person that is actually like covering this. Cause I have commentated before. And there was a time where I was like, do I really deserve to be here? Like I didn't, you know, pay my dues and I never went and studied journalism, but I've been very passionate about the sport. I want people to be as passionate about the sport as I am because I think it's the oldest sport ever is fighting. Sure is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's the most carnal of them too. It's the, it, it never mm -hmm. changes. It's, it's, it's what we do. It's in our fucking DNA and whether we want to deny it or not, that's part of what life is all about. That carnal confliction you see i talk about that all the time when i finish my jiu-jitsu classes when i have my little post-mat speeches i talk about the idea that like as human beings as human natures like you know it's part of our freaking predetermined life that we fight for things it's you know we're, we're living in a darwinistic universe whether we want to mm -hmm. believe it or not you know what i mean like we could try our best to think of ways to to, to politically correct that away but the reality of it is, is inside of us, deep inside of our core, inside of our DNA, we still need that. We still have that desire to mm -hmm. conquer and fight and do these things. And when you do jujitsu, you do fighting in a, in a controlled manner. You can get that out of your system, so you don't go out and you know end up in the jujitsu times as a freaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like you said, like fighting is just a, it's basically an instinct. You see cats like play fighting all the time. They're practicing just in case <laughs> something happens. I watch my cats fight all the time, just like play fighting. And I'm like, wow, they know more than I do. They do Imanari rolls. I barely can do one. My buddy, you know Jeff, I mean? <laughs> my buddy Jeff's cat, uh, he throws on a little like mini hoodie to practice like Ezekiel chokes and like collar drags and whatnot. Um, uh, to, to, to put my spin on it, I, I was really fortunate to be able to, you know, go to college and, and I got a degree in journalism and, um, you know, I'm a blue belt. So I feel like I've, I've tried to go the quote unquote legit route yeah. in, in how I cover the sport. I never, I entered college without knowing I'd be doing this, but you know, I, I think that imposter syndrome, especially among like people that are, are trying to support a sport that you still got to kind of explain to people is it could be a lot. And, and if you are here, if you're covering the sport, if you're being in MMA media, odds are you love MMA. You're there because you love the sport. You're not there to make a ton of money because there's yeah. not. Yeah. You no, know, we're we're here knowing that we're pissing in the wind in a lot of ways. You know, journalism in general, there's not a lot of money. Yeah, but like, am I going to get more hits talking about the Mariners taking a shit on one weekend than I am a fight? Yes, for sure. I could talk about the Astros and that guy that threw balls at him and stuff like that and the cheating yeah. thing. 
and and it, it gets it's it's a it, there's a bigger built-in audience for that you know if you're doing journalism for mma right now it's because you care it's because you love it and obviously there are going to be some assholes there's some asshole journalists in every sport and you yeah. gotta you gotta it, i think it's up to us to weed them out call them out but i think to to mr swanson's point i hear what he's saying and i know that it comes from a desire to see the sport remain like legit for like those people that really love it because until 20 years ago, it was a carnival sideshow, you know, it, and yeah. it's really only recently been taken seriously by anyone. So I get that fear and I get that someone probably pissed him off that day. And I'm, I'm sure he has a more nuanced opinion on the matter, but well, um, yeah, Kevin, I, I just, to everybody, you don't need to go have three fights. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin, uh, just like Michael the Archangel, I am very uh, pleased with you looking after the uh, the, the younglings of our uh, of our MMA society to, to, to keep them safe from the demons that are uh, that are trying to consume us all. <laughs> Although I will make one impassioned like plea, just because there is a there is an opportunity here. Uh, Robbie Fox of Barstool Sports, listen, I, I know you probably don't care about what Cuff Swanson says, but I will fight you through in a trilogy. You can have five uninterrupted shots into my head before I, I blast double. Just, just to get your three fights. <laughs> exactly. And we could both be legit. And also, I'm a huge fan. You've got the single greatest Star Wars tattoo that there ever will be, and you have my eternal respect for oh, that. Oh, he is a good kid. He is a good kid. Yeah, and he's I, the I'm only just, MMA journalist that brett yeah. akimoto and him are the only mma journalists that dana white actually likes so they let his huge... ass into fucking in, into fight his island office. he was in the hotel yeah. I, I looked at a picture of billy fucking q he's sitting at the beach poolside with fucking with with dana with fucking uh this this kid and matt frivola right. on the other side change change of plans robbie if you let me onto fight island you can kick my ass three times yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah, i'll give you Robbie's my blue shit, belt dude. too you can take the blue belt off my body and you'll be a blue belt now i'll fucking drop the baddest I'll talk about how you broke my spirit and I'll never fight again. And like, can, I, can I say one thing before we leave, Kev? I just want to, I just yeah, want to bring up one yeah. thing. It's, it's not a big deal. Like, so Giancarlo, you're, you're, you're buds with, with Rafa Spars, right? You're, you're, you guys are down, right? You guys are yeah. down, right? I'm just, you know, could you do me a favor? You know, it's not, no, it's not a big deal. I'm not upset. I wouldn't be mad. About, why would I be mad about it? Why, why, why am I most, why, why does he, I don't even know why it bothers me. I'm not even upset, but like, could, I'm, I'm just curious as, you know, cause you know, Kevin's been on his show. He's been on, he's on the show quite a bit, like regular guest all the oh, time. Hey, Kev, on 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 verbal podcasts and all the tap out and all the, all the things that wonderful Rafa Spazzi does. My my good buddy Dan Martinez all the time. Hey, let's get Dan Martinez on. Come on out, have a show. Let's see what Dan Martinez has to has to say about the fights this weekend. I'm just wondering if I guess maybe. You know, he might have lost my contact information, <laughs> and, you know, and maybe I, maybe he doesn't. Maybe you know, I'm, I'm sure he's busy. He has a, a, a deep lineup. You know, I've had him on. We've had him on the Jitsi times a few times. I've talked to him several times, and yeah, I brought him in for some conversations. I'm just he's curious, back maybe. On too. <laughs> say, hey, do you think Kevin could, could could jump on the show here once in a while? Show him well, a love. You know what? I'm just gonna do a hashtag on Twitter and put hashtag put Gallagher on. Uh, grappling hour yeah, hashtag I, I, I like give that. him I like a chance <laughs> give me just give only one shot buddy give him a chance. Shot. and also just hashtag hashtag Gallagher hour i'm gonna probably tell him no but like, you know but yeah i'm a busy man i've got things to do also raf just raf just responds hashtag no hour no. <laughs> oh god that sounds like him <laughs> also during carlos's uh 
purple belt promotion. You guys didn't tag Nate on it. He got so sad, man. You need to. He got so sad about that, bro. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> Did he get his purple belt, Ross? Did he get his purple belt? We missed that. No, Carlos? he was already purple. He's belt. a pre-belt purple belt for a while, right? Yeah. No, I was talking about Carlos Condit's uh, oh, purple belt promotion. Uh, yeah, and Nate got so sad, man. You guys didn't tag him. I can't believe he's just a purple belt. That's ridiculous. There's no way. There's no That's way he's crazy, just a purple. Man. My guy's betraying me for fuck. If, you, if you've been doing MMA for, I mean, he hates your fifteen he years. Your guts, though you're a black. Like, Carlos kind of hates your guts, so it's I don't know how. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's I do not tell him that story. I do have another good Carlos. I do have another good Carlos. Oh Carlos man, I want to hear this. One more, we'll, we'll break because I'm getting tired. <laughs> I'm literally like, I, I literally, I'm. Yeah. I feel like I've just been giving dead air for the last forty five minutes and just babbling yeah, like a fucking wild <laughs> So I was on. We went to uh, Montreal to go watch. Um, who was it? Nate Diaz and um, Jace GSP fight years ago. This is probably 10 years ago. A uh, bunch of guys, Matt Arroyo went out there. This is when he was still relevant in the uh, MMA world. Did you see world? He still got some nods and we got some, some good hookups and shit. We actually were hanging out with Joe Lazone. It was pretty cool. We'd have lunch cool. with Joe Lazone and shit like that. So we we're watching the fights and on the undercard of the co-main event was Carlos Condit versus big rig. What's his name? Uh, the the old you mean uh, Joe Diesel Riggs? Yeah, no, not Joe Diesel Riggs. Uh, oh, oh god, Joe, with the big beard. Oh crap! Oh, yeah. uh, Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks. Right. Johnny Hendricks. So like, uh, I, just, I just thought missed weight by twenty pounds. Who yeah. was it? <laughs> and this was when, yeah, right. This is when Carlos Condit was like, <laughs> was so close to getting that title fight. Was like peeking on the on on the doorstep to get a fight with GSP for the big money, and and all he had to do was beat. Johnny Hendricks, I think he already lost to him once. So this was a rematch fight. And like, sure as shit, Hendricks takes him down five times, you know, just mauls him on the ground. Never had a chance. It was over before it started. All right. So we're getting on the plane to fly back to Florida. We're standing in customs and you're going customs. I see everybody's like story, which is a Mark's Rick story. Bunch of UFC fighters in line. We're taking pictures. Holy shit, Rick story. What's going on? Good to see you. And we're seeing all these guys get in line to go through to go get on their planes. And as we're boarding the plane, literally standing right next to me is Carlos Condit. Right? And I'm like, holy fuck, you know, we're going through the little tarmac to get on the plane. And Matt Arroyo is standing next to me. So him and Matt Arroyo had known each other. So Matt looks, I think they were they were on the tough they were tough alumni together, so Matt kind of knew him from that type thing. So Matt starts talking to him a little bit. Of course, me, you know, dumbass me, known for putting my 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 foot in my mouth. I kind of look at Carlos and they're talking. I say, "Hey, man, you know, like you you got to work a little bit more oh, on God. not concerning yourself." Right? Exactly. You know, giving <laughs> Carlos gone <to> fucking <laughs> just just got embarrassed and humiliated in front of fucking the entire world. And I look at Carlos Gondit and I say, "You know, man." It doesn't matter how long you train your wrestling. Like, you're still going to get taken down by Johnny Hendricks. There's nothing you can do about that. And I'm trying to do this in a positive, critical way. And obviously, like, the look on Carlos Condit's face is, like, not excited to have this conversation right now. Like, he's probably still slightly concussed. He's getting on a plane. You can see he's got a big old black eye. And he looks at me. And he looks at Matt. And Matt just kind of, like, Stone face. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, man. Nice talking to you. Carlos. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I'll get back up. They didn't even acknowledge Kevin was just like, Carlos, it's not that you're bad. It's just like he was way better than you. And he's always going to be better than you. You know? Exactly. It's like, whatever, man. It's like, it's like, don't even bother. Don't even get out of bed, man. Life is I have, I have a unique skill to say the least 
appropriate thing at any given moment just just because and i can't help myself i don't have that valve in my brain to shut that off i just say whatever's on my mind no matter what comes out and it happens and that's why you're a great podcast host. Oh, that's right <laughs> my God. look at you wow you want to be back on we gotta get john get john's Kevin number will be... get back on the show again i have his number actually kevin will be at kevin will be at one of my like relatives funerals he'll come to the open casket he's like you know she's not bad looking <laughs> not, not bad looking for an old dead broad i'm just like i'm saying i'm saying it's a good thing it's a good thing <laughs> as you're like as you're dragging me out i'm still trying to make it right no 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 no, no, no i'm not no, saying no, that she looks great like, I, mean, I mean i'd totally bang her if she was alive still <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Thank you, John Carlo, for being on the last episode of the JJT podcast before we get canceled. Um, so so uh, once you collect yourself, we usually oh. like to give this time to our guests to plug any kind of things they have going on. And so the floor is yours, G-Baby. Well, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at gbabiesnotfunny.com. Be sure to check out both of my podcasts. Uh, the shoot, which is more MMA and comedy, and then a one that I co-host with a comedian named Gary Miller called Unemployed Commentators, where we just be talking about sports, all sports, and be sure to check out uh, the Best Worst Cantina Shop. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, that has been uh, Giancarlo, uh, one of the funniest guests we've had on in a long time. So I appreciate, appreciate that. You sir. <laughs> yeah, and you, you didn't need to, but thank you for maybe redeeming Puerto Rico on this yeah, show, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Don't I say that. that. No, this is bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Denner Desk was already doing this, so it's all good. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, wow. They're doing, yeah, they're doing great. Some, I don't know. I saw, got, I got a lot saw of, a big uh, post about – Juiced yeah, up just, imports coming in. <laughs> I just saw a big, a big post about Gabby Garcia talking shit about uh, – Gordon Ryan uh, ripping into the eight, eight Atos guys. He literally Oof. just said, uh, yeah, he's he's out for blood against the Atos guys. It's funny because Gordon Ryan, like when you hear him talk, like you listen to him talk and like, you know, man, like it's like Walter from fucking uh, from the Big Lebowski. It's like, man, you know, you know, Gordon, like you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. <laughs> you know, you're like, you know, you know, Walter, you're what? You're right, Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a buy. They popped up when we were talking. I'm gonna peek on this. Yeah, and see what Gabby Garcia. Into fucking Gordon. Oh man! All right. Well, that is it for this episode. <laughs> Thank you guys for having time. me. Oh, uh, it's a it's been a pleasure, John Carlo. Thank you so much for for coming on. We cannot wait to have you on again. Uh, we're put, we're thinking of maybe doing some sort of like the MMA roundtable, like watch along for like the. The uh the big um Ben Askren uh, uh crap what's the other guy's name oh my god Jake Paul, Paul. Jake Paul, Jake Paul yeah <laughs> is that Jake another Rafa Spaza so. uh production that I won't get invited to <laughs> oh no no Kev you uh no it's all it's all good <laughs> well, we were think, I was thinking of doing it I was thinking of doing it on here so you would get an invite I am so down let's do it let's do it hashtag Gralliger Hour have Gralliger a way watch that fight. <laughs> <laughs> all right well this has been another episode of the jiu-jitsu times podcast thank you as always to everybody for listening and, and giving us love we really appreciate each and every one of your beautiful little heads as always i have been your host kevin bradley joined as always by my co-host mr kevin gallagher again 
Uh, G underscore baby is not funny on Instagram. Giancarlo, thank you so much. And we will see you all in the next one. Good night.